0: Your complete betting guide to this weekend's English Premier League action. Please gamble responsibly. This is the sportsbet.io Premier League podcast.
1: Welcome to the sportsbet.io Premier League preview podcast. And we're looking ahead to another crucial, vital late season match week in the Premier League where everyone's in action from uh, Saturday lunchtime where Newcastle face Liverpool to Monday evening where it's Manchester United taking on Brentford. I've got uh, John Driscoll, uh, commentator extraordinaire, with me. I've also got the former Liverpool striker Neil Mellor with us as well. Uh, Gentlemen, hello. Uh, Thanks for joining us today. Um, Neil, uh, as a Liverpool fan, you've had a pretty good week. Jurgen Klopp is now uh, in for another four seasons. And in what is a, a crucial time in the title race and everything else that Liverpool are going for, that's exactly what Liverpool fans would have wanted to hear
2: brilliant news absolutely
1: um he's been unbelievable
2: since he arrived at liverpool liverpool finished sixth in the premier league when he arrived nowhere near to qualifying to the champions league places Um he has completely transformed the football club he's reconnected the football club it feels together the the players the manager the fans and to be inside Anfield, which was the previous two games against everton against villarreal This is now a very special time for Liverpool supporters. Uh, And we don't know in football how long that will last. This is a time to enjoy. Liverpool are one of the best teams in world football at the moment. And whether they win all four trophies, whether they win 3-2, whatever it is, this is just a time for Liverpool to enjoy. So great news that Jürgen signed that new contract. But the big games remain, starting with Newcastle.
1: And John, from a a title race point of view, we will come on to the uh, relegation prospects, of course. But from a title race point of view, between the Champions League semi-finals, uh, Liverpool will have looked at both of these games for Liverpool and for City and and thought, well, maybe, maybe there's something where we can maybe grab a point or or three upon Manchester City who go to to Leeds in the evening game and and have, have Real Madrid still on their mind when looking at the game on Tuesday, they could have taken that game fully away from Madrid.
0: Yeah, I think they're both in the same situation in in that neither game is dead in the Champions League. You wouldn't expect the Champions League semi-final to be dead, would you? So they 've got to take these games seriously haven't they they, they, they can't be thinking oh great we you know we're five developed so we, you know we can have you know only half an eye on that game and just worry about the league i'm sure there's some um law change we can make to make it easier for the big clubs obviously because you know you know the poor old guys have got to struggle by haven't they just oh five subs that, that should help next season That'll, you know that should make life easier um i think i mean obviously i think most people there's a, there's a lot of chat about them both winning every game isn't there um, which is feasible. They're, they're so strong, aren't they? And um, Liverpool haven't lost, haven't properly lost a match this year, have they? they? haven't decisively lost a game this year. So um, I think they're looking really strong, but I also think the City are looking really strong. I know Newcastle are in form. I mean, it's a tremendous form, Newcastle. Um, but I think one thing I would say about Newcastle, they haven't won a big game yet they haven't they haven't got a you know you know a, a, an eye catching victory what they've done is very efficiently won the game every game that you would expect them to win which is brilliant which is why they're mid table when we thought they were you know getting relegated a few months ago um but i haven't yet seen any evidence that they can dislodge a, a new uh, you know, a liverpool from from their perch
1: well, let's kick off with that game then. The first game of the weekend is the twelve thirty. Liverpool have been have they? have been given the twelve thirty. What a shocker! I thought this was also written in the rules. This is not allowed, is it? Uh, Liverpool going to St James's Park then for the twelve thirty kickoff at Newcastle, and they do face a Newcastle side who are heavily in form, having won games against Wolves, Leicester, Palace. And Norwich on the way. Their home form is outstanding. Looking at the uh, the last six games at home, they've won all five of them. Um, but as you were saying there, John, none of those have really come against a side that's anywhere
0: near the top six, bar maybe Wolves. Yeah, and Wolves are a funny old team, aren't they? You know, are they are you know for all of the strengths of the Premier League at the moment. Wolves in the position that they're in are a million miles behind Liverpool and Manchester City. There is, you know, there's a chasm there. So you, you're looking at um, a, a very different kind of uh, outcome there. Very different level of, of performance. Newcastle will be strong. Uh, they've they've defended well. when you conceded one goal in this this little run of four games. Uh, they they're solid. Um, Sam Maximum gives them a little bit of a little bit of flair, a little bit of uh, pizzazz. So they've got that threat against Liverpool. Obviously, the big choices for Klopp is what kind of rotation he does. Uh, but then he's got the options to rotate. So I'm not I'm not looking at this. I, every, I think just about every time I've been on with you, David, this season, I've said Liverpool to win bigger away, and it, it's always been a pretty safe bet, hasn't it? You know, they're, they're, so many times they have been very decisive away from home. I'm sort of still going Liverpool, but I'm sort of going. We are much tighter for Liverpool. Tough game,
1: Neil Muller. I think they they might even have preferred the twelve thirty of what might be a quieter St James's Park. If there's an atmosphere that might intimidate Liverpool or any team really at the moment in, in England, going to a full St James's Park is still impressive. Uh, a five thirty might have been a bit more rowdy th- than a twelve thirty, but they've been everywhere around Europe and, and and done pretty well, as the song goes. Um, But what what can they expect? And what do you expect from the Liverpool side going to Newcastle? Changes.
2: How many will be interesting to see when we see the team shoot? He could make five, six, seven changes and it's still strong. um, But just gives those players a little bit of a breather ahead of that second leg against Villarreal. And then Spurs again. So the game's come thick and fast for Liverpool. This is game nine in April for Liverpool. And what's quite amazing is the levels of intensity that they've produced in those games. They've played City twice. They've played Benfica twice. They've had a semi-final Champions League. They've played Everton. They've played Manchester United. they played some big games this month. And the levels haven't dropped off. And they can't drop off against Newcastle. You know, as John mentioned there, I think it will be a tight game. One of the big strengths has been the atmosphere at St. James's Park. They're seeing now a team, which they've wanted to see for a few years, there's improvement, there's progression. I think that's credit to Eddie Howe. Um, they have tightened up defensively. But scoring goals, the top goal scorer has only got six goals. That's um, Callum Wilson, who's not going to be fit for the game. So you're thinking they're not gonna. It's not going to be a high-scoring game. I think Liverpool making all the changes. I think can see it being under two point five um, goals in the game. Does Salah play? Not sure. Does Marnie play? Don't know. Jota does play. I think that's one thing you can say. Jota will start this game. So you'd fancy him to get on the score sheet. Um, he's not he scored in five games. He has scored away at scored away at Arsenal. So I'd be looking at Jota as the safest player out of the attacking players for Liverpool to start um to get himself a goal.
1: Uh, Newcastle has 7.5 to win this. The draw is five. Liverpool 1.42. Under 2.5 goals at 2.2. Um could be a play if Liverpool are looking at each game as a final and just needing to win it. Um, but their away form would suggest that they do score at least twice on the road, uh, pretty regularly. And it's just a matter of, of what this game is, is like for them. They were, they were, they've been troubled a little bit at Anfield by by Newcastle. Um, again, they, they were still still in the game late on. But do you think they'll have enough of them? John, do you think that Liverpool are just whatever side they put out that they might well be too strong for this Newcastle side who are playing some good football and that might be a bit of a a bit of a, are they, are they going to sit in? I mean, Eddie Howe's sides don't necessarily change the way that they played, they? they never did. And Liverpool might find a bit more freedom than they have in the two games, wasn't
0: it? it's, it's fascinating because I don't know, is the, is the answer to that. Um, because you shouldn't go gung ho. You know, I've seen people criticising Villarreal this week for being defensive. You know, what, 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 honestly, what did you expect that they were going to do? Going you know, go to Anfield? But also, what was possible
1: yeah. to do for that side? The way Liverpool yeah. were playing at the start of the second yeah. half, yeah. you had and to just defend. That, you know,
0: Liverpool put a load of pressure, as, as they do, load of energy into it as they do and you know the, the goals were fine lines weren't they you, you know fine margins so it didn't you know, it wasn't an easy game and they know it won't be easy it, it, it doesn't instinctively doesn't like to change stuff does he? I know he's got very good players now and I know they've gone through a lot of trouble and expense to bring in you know ex- players that, that can keep the levels high but he loves to play Salah, doesn't he? He loves, you know, even it's just every now and again, you think, oh, he'll leave Salah out of this one, some FA Cup tie somewhere. And he plays, and you think, i guy never going to get a rest. Mm-hmm. So I, I imagine Salah will play. Um, I imagine, you know, they'll tweak here and there. What he, ha- what he has done is change fullbacks backs around, doesn't he? Depends on the other you know, levels, the fitness levels of the players who could come in um, to provide the, the breather. I thought Trent was a bit ragged um, last weekend. Um Maybe that's the kind of place you might see a, a change, but it's it's a difficult enough game that they've got to respect it. I think that under two point five at two point two is good. Um, the, I mean, the Newcastle price is is not bad, is it? You know, for a, for a, you know a team in form to win at home, it is only the the level of respect for Klopp's Liverpool that stops you being tempted. I think by that. Well, here's, here's the names. Here's the names for you. So yeah. you can bring Gomez, Matip,
2: Simikas, Milner, or Curtis Jones, Cater, and Jota into the starting lineup, and maybe Origi if Salah doesn't play. So there's six or seven changes, and you're thinking, well, they can all come in uh, and do a job against this Newcastle side. So there's strength in depth, and that is what Liverpool need to do. I think he will make a, a number of changes for this because he knows the, the intensity the lads have been at in terms of the games, the workload to come. I think it is it eight or nine games that Liverpool can still play. And every one of them is a is a can't afford to lose game. Um, so I think he will make these changes. And I just named all those players that can come in and have all done very well at certain times this season for Liverpool.
1: Yeah, you could certainly see Joe Gomez coming in. I think Simicast missed midweek with with an illness. Um but even you know, James Milner's in there and and that midfield could look very different. Um but Newcastle Newcastle will will be buoyed by the form, the form that they're in, and Neil, what do you think Newcastle have got have got to play for here? Is is this um almost for them? It's like here's a marker for next season. We might have a few more players, but this is going to be a difficult place to come to next season. If if you think this is this is tricky today, here's here's a marker for next season. I
2: think Newcastle players are playing for to be involved. For what's going to be a massive change at that football club. They're going to be recruiting and spending a lot of money. And I think there's players there now thinking, yeah, I wouldn't mind being part of that. Uh, and maybe that's why perhaps the form has picked up, perhaps new contracts, players out of contract thinking, yeah, I, I want to stick about here. So... Uh, that is a big incentive for the players to be around a football club that is progressing in the right direction. Um, and of course, the incentive to finish in the top half when for most of the season we've spoken about Newcastle being relegation candidates. They've survived and they're looking at being a top half side, which is huge credit to Eddie Howe and how he's reacted. Don't forget they've missed Callum Wilson. They've missed Kieran Trippi for all these games where they have been on that great run. But But I'm with John. It comes back to it thinking, They've beaten sides you'd expect them to be. This is a proper test for Newcastle now, just to see how much they have improved and if they can cope with this Liverpool team.
1: Okay, Liverpool uh, to win to nil. So Liverpool and both teams to score. No, is two point two five. Liverpool and both teams to score is three. Uh, and I mentioned that the uh, the what was the double chance market you could have got there on Newcastle. If you think Newcastle can grab something, that is two point six two. John, final thoughts on this one. What's going to happen?
0: Uh, so, given those sort of similar options, aren't they? So, Liverpool to nil, uh, the under two point five. Uh, I think Liverpool to nil. I might, I might take that actually, as opposed to the Newcastle double chance. It's such a big that he can't afford to take. It's an interesting one about that level of changes, isn't it? He can't afford to to make a lot of changes to to make a mistake, and effectively, the stakes are so high that you make a mistake, you lose the title that's that's where you're at now with, with the competition with City so I think Liverpool solid winning this game uh, in a you know uh, in a you know 2-0 two 1-0 2-0 anything he'll uh, be delighted with that absolutely delighted with that Neil similar feeling? Yeah under 2.5 I like the sound of and Jota to find himself on
2: the score sheet to break this five games without a goal
1: uh, jot of the slaughter it's 2.2 anytime uh the under two and a half goals is 2.2 if you want to mix that up with Liverpool and under 2.5 goals that is 3.66 so it goes a little bit quite a bit higher actually than the under 2.5 that's Newcastle versus Liverpool our lunchtime kickoff in the Premier League <laughs> The 3 o'clock kickoffs offs then, uh, and really there's only one to be talking about at 3 o'clock, and that is at Vicarage Road. It is Watford versus Burnley. Um, the traders have these both at 2.71. Watford to win it and Burnley to win it, 2.71. The draw is 3.25. Over 2.5 goals is 2.08. Under 2.5 is 1.75. Uh, Neil Meller, Watford come into this having lost 10 consecutive home games, and Burnley come into it as one of the form teams in the league, you'd possibly say. Um, what exactly have Burnley done to change the way that they play since Sean Dyche left? And is he going to keep them up?
2: Well, Yeah, I
1: mean, it's quite impressive how
2: they have had those results. Um, I was surprised when Sean Dyche went. I didn't think they would react the way they have done, whether they're fighting for their old manager or, or what. I don't think too much has changed. Um, but Watford... Watford look dead and buried, don't they? You know, I'm thinking, when are they going to get announced to be relegated? If they don't win this game, then there's no way back for them, you know, for me. Um, Ten defeats in a row at home. I mean, that's just abysmal form from Watford. I thought Roy Hodgson might have them a little bit more organised. I was actually hopeful last weekend he might make it tight against Man City, but they were 1-0 down after a minute. That finished 5-1. That didn't work out too well from a Liverpool point of view. Um, yeah, Burnley have had a couple of results. But there's, there is that but there. They have had a really poor season, have not they? And, and I wouldn't be surprised if there is a little dip to come at some point. Now, now, if they were to get beat in this game, that would be a huge blow for them. I think it's going to be a really tight game. Not much between the two t- teams. I think Burnley would take a point.
1: Oh, interesting. Do you think, John, do you agree with that? Burnley would happily walk away from Vicarage Road with a point? Or do they see this as this is the one this this is, this has to go in and then the pressure is on everton against chelsea on sunday
0: um i mean, it depends on the game doesn't it you, I, I think yeah i suppose would you sign for it now? i don't know they might be they might be optimistic they've got two games against villa to come villa aren't playing particularly well they've got newcastle to come final day they, they've got points to be to be garnered yet burnley uh, i think i think they've got a reasonable chance of staying up now and there's a their games are easier to watch than they were under Daesh. I'm not saying there's any stylistic change, I think it's just a bit of freedom. I think they're a bit of belief. Um, you know, not exactly goal uh, crazy. Uh, you know, they it was Vidro got the goal, wasn't it, against Wolves? I, I think he'd missed a sitter just before that. If i shortly before that, if I remember, they beat uh, Southampton as well. Uh, I think same price for the two teams, given the atmosphere around the club, given that Watford looked like they're running around carrying a bag of cement on their shoulders each. I think Burnley. Uh, to to win this game, or unless you do fancy that draw, which is a more generous one, if you fancy, you know, a really tight game. But as Neil says, Watford haven't been able to produce a really tight game yet. We, you thought they they would have, wouldn't you? But they've got this mistake prone defence. I think what with if you look back on what Roy Hudson did at uh, Crystal Palace, very effectively was recruit a group of players in in the style that he wanted and become really solid, and then to, to go in and be handed this disparate group of players at, at Watford who've come from here, there, and everywhere, more signings coming in you know, in January. And he just hasn't been able to get any kind of organisation, any kind of cohesion in the team. Uh, they they look worse than they did under Ranieri, in truth. There was a little flicker of life from Emmanuel Dennis in the last couple of weeks, but uh, uh, close game. Again, but I am. I, I do think the Burnley price, given that it's exactly the same as Watford, uh, is, is the better one.
1: Mentioned for a slight stylistic change of play. It's not really what you wouldn't have expected against uh, in a Sean Dice side, but just a, a reinvigoration would be what Valk Veghorst did last week in, in the game, which was to stats fans. He put in 57 presses, uh, which is a, a record for any player in the Premier League this season in any team. So there is a certain sprightliness about Burnley these days and it's being led from the front. Um, I've seen people say that they may be passing a little bit shorter and not go, not not exactly throwing it into the channels as much as Burnley would have done in the past. And maybe they're just being a little bit more patient. And they might have to be patient in this one against Watford because Neil Watford will, will, will be organised, they'll try to be organised against the Burnley side who you know, don't score many goals. That's why they're down at the bottom of the Premier League. So Roy Hodgson will be thinking there might be something in this for us still. <laughs> Watford have had two nil-nils all season. One at Old Trafford
2: and one against Burnley. So if if there is going to be a a nil-nil, this could be the game. Um, Like I say, Watford horrendous at home. Burnley have had a decent uh, little pick-up in terms of results. They've only won one game away all season themselves. Um, I'm really swaying towards a draw in this one. Burnley's last results have been against sides... You don't mind playing Southampton, inconsistent, not much to play for. Wolves a little bit similar. Okay, you could maybe argue the, the, an outside chance of Europe, but they've they've met teams at the right time there. Um Watford, I don't know what the atmosphere will be like there. Are the fans genuinely believing they might stay up or are they resigned to going down? I think with the gap they have at the bottom, it must feel like resigned to going down. The one bright spark has been Dennis, although I like Sar at Watford, really like him. Um he hasn't chipped in with probably the goals they would have wanted to. So they're the threats that Watford have for Burnley. Cornet's a doubt for this game. He has missed the last couple, I think, for Burnley as well. Um, So so if you're looking for a goal scorer, which I don't think there'll be many goals in this game, uh, they're, they're the likely candidates.
1: Uh, John, if you look, if you look at the table, and every time you look at it, it baffles you what's going on at the bottom. The fact that Aston Villa are still possibly in it, although they've got a game in hand. Everton, they do have a game in hand, but then they play Chelsea on on Sunday. But then, what kind of Chelsea side is going to turn up at Goodison? Uh, and Watford and Norwich are adrift, aren't they? I mean, if if Burnley were to get that a point, as as Neil suggests, it would keep them at nine points between Burnley and Watford and, and that would mean that Burnley would probably just have Everton to fight against and it's it's about keeping your opponents at arm's length isn't it?
0: Yeah, I think the bottom two are down aren't they? I think they've had opportunities in recent weeks they've had games where they, they could where you think well maybe if they win that maybe if they win that and they never do so, um, you know, obviously Norwich, Pete Burnley, didn't they? It was the, effectively the game that got dice the, the the sack. It turned out in the end, um, but I would, yeah. I mean, Watford, are, they're awful. I mean, they, there's no atmosphere there. They, they, everyone knows they're going down. They are going down. You know, if they lose this game, they're effectively sort of dormy down, aren't they? Twelve behind and twelve to play for, or something. So. Um, yeah, that I, I certainly I wouldn't enjoy sitting there for ninety minutes with my money sitting on Watford to do something. That, but if you if you put it that way, you, you know. So, I think Burnley are as as you say the stats were interesting. That Veghorst is closing down. It, it, it sort of it matches my perception. I haven't looked at that, but it matches my perception that it was all more lively with a bit of you know spring in the step and a little bit more vigour. Um, and I guess you know it was there a long time. Sean Dice, wasn't he doing similar things the whole time? And I guess. You, you know, eventually, you, you sometimes you need to freshen things up, and n- almost nobody agreed with it. You know, you, you know, and to be it will be to the credit of the Burnley owners if they stay up, uh, having made a decision that was universally criticized. And I was the same, you know, I was thinking, well, no, they're better off with Dice they've got some winnable games coming up, they'll be all right. But credit to Mike Jackson. Who you know you know none of us we were on to, on on air together, Dave, weren't we? That the, when they sacked him, and none of us, we, without no, no one said it would be Mike Jackson, you know, from the academy coming in to run the team, and run it so, so effectively. So um, they've got a, they've got a real chance. Burnley, it's it's a good shootout. It's a good relegation battle in that in that respect. And and you know you're, you're right to mention Villa as well. You know it's not done. You look at Villa's form. If they replicate the next five game, the, the past five games in the next five games then they're in serious trouble. They've got one point for five games. If they if, if get one point for the rest of the season, um, then that's feasible, isn't it? That's feasible that they could go down.
1: Especially if Burnley take those points off them. Yeah. Uh, so Emmanuel Dennis is 2.75 Anytime he's the favourite here. Sarr at three. Uh, Corner, we mentioned, may or may not play. Th- he's 3.25. Vet course we also mentioned, is 3.25. Uh, Jay Rodriguez 3.5 and Matias Vidra 3.4, but we'll wait and see if there's any goals in this. The under 2.5 is 1.75. As I think most people suggest there won't be many in this. But the draw is 3.25. That's what Neil Mellor's on. Uh, quickly, John, what, what do
0: you think? Is this is this a Burnley victory or another draw? Uh, I will go some kind of oh, the, the unders is is a bit <laughs> mean, isn't it? Um, I was going to say Burnley, Burnley and low scoring. Um, yeah, because it's not going to be it's not. It's not a three-two, is it? This game, is it? That's 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 not. Well, a, Burn, game, a
1: Burnley one 0 so. is eight point five. A Burnley yeah. one or yeah. 2 0 is five point three three. If you think Burnley are going to nick this, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. That that's yeah. Let's do that. Let's go Burnley in one or
1: two. Okay, that's a five point three three for Burnley and under two and a half, uh, and the three point two five is the draw for Neil Mellor. We'll wait and see what happens in that relegation shootout. Uh, two toothless sides going against against each other, possibly. A very low scoring draw, or just but only getting themselves in and putting that real pressure on Everton as they face Chelsea on the Sunday. The other three games at three o'clock, then we'll quickly whiz around on these because although I've mentioned that this this Villa are possibly in trouble, they are facing Norwich at home on uh, on Saturday at three o'clock, and this might be the easiest shout for a three points if if Dean Smith doesn't come back to haunt his old side yet again. Villa 1.4, Norwich and nine. The draw is 4.75. Quick thoughts, Neil Muller? Yeah, home win. Um,
2: Villa um, will... No win in five. They've lost four of them at home. They've lost the last two, but it's against Norwich, isn't it? And um, I fancy Dean Smith to have a miserable return. I think Gerard will get something out of Villa for this game. Like you say, there's an outside chance of them going down. And I think Stevie will just make sure that this victory... Is
1: the one that could seal them to make sure they stay up because they've got some tough games
2: coming
0: up.
1: John, it would it would seem this is the place. And if they don't beat Norwich at home, then they deserve to be in the picture for
0: relegation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deep trouble if they don't win this game, and because Norwich, I mean Norwich, charity case, aren't they? You're giving out points to Manchester United, even you know that's, that's that's how dire their situation is. I I think Dean Smith had just hadn't he just gone to Norwich when they played in the first meeting, it was the first and, game, uh, yeah, 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 and Villa. Won it comfortably, if I remember the game. Um, so there wasn't any guy, kind of great insights from, from Smith there. Um, Norwich, uh, they didn't equip themselves properly for a season in the Premier League again, would be the, the shorthand version for them. And yeah, I mean, I think Villa should be fine, shouldn't they? But just two goals in the last five games, two goals, one point in the last five games. Um, the question of Coutinho, you know, people at Barcelona are desperate to sell him. And I'm beginning to get slightly afraid that um, Aston Villa might not pay the money, given that um, the magic of the first few weeks seems to have gone. But, um, yeah, I mean, you've, got, you've got to say Villa to win this game, even at a fairly tight price. He's got to find the
1: goal scorer, hasn't he, Gerard at Villa? And he's got a few there who could conceivably be, be the man or the men, but they're not knocking him in the back of the net, are they?
0: No, so you've got Ings and Watkins, haven't you, who they, who they paid, with goal scoring records beforehand England international so so it's not just that you should it's not one of these ones where you 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 point the finger at the board and say come on let us buy a striker feasibly the board could say well hang on you've got two you've got two perfectly good strikers so start scoring some goals would you know it's, it's fair it's a fair criticism that isn't it that that I know they've got money and they've got more money to come in the summer, but it's it's not obvious that just buying a decent centre forward is is the answer there. Because I, I I like both things in Watkins. I think they're both good players.
1: Uh, to, let's move on then quickly. I think that's a, a dead set 1.4 Villa victory. Uh, Wolves against Brighton. Neil Mellor screams three for the draw. Uh, 2.75 for Wolves, 2.75 for Brighton. Uh, the outside choice is the draw. And you'd probably agree with that. I'd imagine. Would you?
2: I'm fancying a home win. I'm oh, fancy fancy, oh it's, wolves he goes against it. you. Just, you just think yeah. he's
1: doing the right thing. I, I fancy wolves. Do
2: you know what they've done at home? One lost, one lost, one lost, one, and this is the next game lost. So if you look at the sequence, they're going to lose. But
1: I think they're going to win. I think they're going to make that win-win. Um <laughs> that then us- you've changed. You've changed. You've even changed that route. Okay, so we're going uh-huh. to to the wolves' home victory. You think? Fenton Jimenez,
2: this is his first home game since that suspension when he was very harshly red-carded against Le- Leeds, so I can't believe that one stood. Um, yeah, so he's only got six Premier League goals. Jimenez will be close to 10 by the end of the season. I think he's going to have a couple more goals before the end of the season. And this is one of those games. So Jimenez to be the, the match winner, maybe a goal, maybe two, home win.
1: There have been over two and a half goals scored in Wolves' last three home games. They have broken free of being binary FC as they were just around Christmas. Uh, undefeated in nine out of ten against Brighton in all competitions. Um, and yeah, scored at least scored at least two themselves in the last three home games. And maybe they're enjoying themselves at home, John.
0: Yeah, let's not get too carried away. Uh, yeah, I, I'll get you. A couple of months ago, you'd have said this would be a classic, boring modern football match of of two teams not actually attacking, just retaining possession, being too patient, patiently building up, and you're patiently building up, and you drop off, and we drop off, and um, but um, I think that price is, is what sways me. So I'm with Neil on this one because, uh, you, you know, Wolves are higher in the league table. They're a better team, better set of players, I think. Um, so why would you price them the same? Because Wolves' form is a bit weird because, you know, they, they didn't score against Newcastle or Burnley. Um, similar problem, isn't it, in terms of scoring goals. So if you believe in Raul Jimenez, then th- th- that's that's the answer. If you're slightly worried about... How well he's played since his, you know, since his serious injury. He's not. He's not been the player. He's shown flashes of being the player. Um, they've spent a lot of money on potential replacements. Hasn't really come off. So they're that's they're the problems for Wolves. I'm not saying that they will finish particularly high next season. I'm just saying that with a home game against Brighton, the, to put them the same price as Brighton is is, is sort of tempting you towards Wolves.
1: OK, so we like Wolves to win at home against Brighton, who have had some good results and some bad results in recent weeks, which seem to be pretty obvious in the Premier League. But uh, they, they got themselves out of any possible trouble after that um, dour run of games that they had. Um, and speaking of dour, maybe, or maybe not, Southampton 2.36 against Crystal Palace 3.14. The draw is 3.33. Um John, where are you going on this one? Over two and a half goals is two. Under two and a half is 1.83. Um, is it just a, another game where James Ward-Prowse
0: can <laughs> knock one in from 25 yards? Every game is a game where James Ward-Prowse can knock one in from, from 25 yards. The game, he even had a shot from free-kick range didn't he, and scored uh, last last time. Round the goal from open plays. 14 goals, I think he's got his net from direct set pieces, um, which puts him four behind Beckham's record. Uh, I was I was trying to explain to my, to my son who's 15 how good Beckham's free kicks were because they were they were they were a thing they were a thing of beauty. David. How Beckham's old free did that kick. make you feel? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Tell me about <laughs> David Beckham, Daddy.
0: Who was this Beckham fella? Yeah, uh, but he he could hit a free kick as well. didn't He at pace and power. Like Ward Prowse's free kicks. So, uh, and there's a case because my son was making the case that Ward Prowse should play for England at the World Cup, and it's, it's a reasonable one because the games are so tight in international football. A guy who can ping a free kick in. Or even just the, the you know the the quality of the delivery from corners, free kicks, etc. There's there's a case for him there. Um, Palace have run out of goals, haven't they? Um, they've just turned into to solid. They're in the bracket of teams where they can't decide who their strikers are. I'm not convinced. I don't, I don't know what Neil thinks, but there's there's a, lots of managers seem to obsess with rotating their forwards all the time, and. I, I, sometimes I think just give a guy a give you know decide, <laughs> but if they're not scoring, I, I know that, that then you change and then you change and then you change. So, Matete seems to be uh, the choice at the moment for Palace. Southampton are the same, endlessly chopping and changing between the various striking options that he's got, and sometimes I think. Calm down, calm. Can't, can't, you know, make a choice. I don't know, or, or or get rid of those ones and go into the market and buy a decisive one. So that's the frustration for me. So I'm tempted to say another low-scoring game. Um, Southampton, at home, I suppose two point three six at home. Is, is I don't know. If it's it's not brilliant, is it? But um, so maybe it's another one where you're looking at the draw.
1: Yeah, the home form Southampton until the win over Arsenal last time. They'd lost four in a row at home, whereas mm-hmm. um, on the other side. Palace have lost three in a row away from home, if you uh, count the, the Wembley semi-final as well. Uh, two on the bounce in, in the Premier League, uh, but before that, they'd, they'd won at Watford and won at Wolves. Neil, what's your feeling on this one? 13th v 14th. Are well, we? I think that says it all, doesn't it? A mid-table
2: game, um, probably going to be one of the last results I'm looking out for this weekend. Yeah. Um, I think Southampton, I fancy Southampton to win the game. Um, uh, you know, as John's mentioning there about the rotation, quite like Broha, young young boy on loan from, from Chelsea. He came off the bench the last 10 minutes in the game against uh, uh, Brighton last time out. So I think he will start the game. So if you're looking at someone other than Ward-Prowse, I'd be looking at Broha. Eight without a goal. So he comes into my category of due a goal. His last home Premier League goal was in January. So I think he could uh, w- well end up on the score sheet. Palace. Better than last season, but same position as last season. Um, so i will be looking at a Southampton home win.
1: OK, a little uh, treble there for your three o'clock's of uh, Villa to beat Norwich, Wolves to beat Brighton and Southampton to beat Palace. That is nine for those three to come in. For three homes, that's not too bad, actually. Um, for the three other games at three o'clock that aren't, uh, the almighty fixture at Vicarage Road between Watford and Burnley. That's the three o'clock kickoff. We'll so move on next to the 5.30 and quite the game at Elland Road. 5.30 kickoff in the Premier League on Saturday is Leeds United fighting and scrapping for every single point under Jesse Marsh to keep themselves uh, in the Premier League against Manchester City, who have still... Quite the live second leg of a uh, semi-final at Real Madrid to think about uh, in midweek. So, Neil Muller, is this another of those games? And will this be the game where perhaps Leeds take a point off City or City drop points in the title race? Leeds are nine to win this at home, six to draw, 1.32 for a City victory away at Ellen Road.
2: Dave, I am hoping so. I would be delighted with the draw. If if do you know what what's maybe a positive, maybe um I'm looking at is 530 kickoff, Ellen Road will be absolutely rocking. They've been dragged into this relegation battle and they're not quite safe. So the fans know that if they can get something in this game, that would be absolutely huge. Playing City in between the two Champions League games may, may be a good thing. I think they'll make changes. They made four changes in, in the Champions League game and that, that game is all to play for. And we know how important the, the Champions League is for Manchester City. Um, Leeds have had a good little run, haven't they? Five unbeaten, won three of those games. At home, though, they don't win many. One win in six at home. Um, and clean sheets at home is, is something very rare for them. Nine without a clean sheet at home in the Premier League for Leeds. So I think City will score. I think Leeds will score. I'm hoping it's going to be 1-1. You just get the feeling City are going to get more chances than Leeds. I'm hoping Meslier has a very, very good game for Leeds United. So um, both teams to score, and I'm hoping Leeds can nick a point. But if I if was being truthful to myself, City should be winning this game.
1: Yeah, John Driscoll, the, the voice of reason as ever. Um, the idea that City would go to Leeds and, and and not win at any time of the season, Um would be pretty ludicrous, but I mean Leeds are, are teetering, aren't they? Really? But they they're desperate and a, a desperate team can can sometimes pull out a bit of a victory.
0: I mean, their results under Jesse Marsh have been okay, haven't they? Um I, I it's another one I thought I mean I love Beelsa so I, I was I was horrified when they when they set Bielsa just because I thought what they'd had was basically a tough run of fixtures because they played like Man United and Liverpool and Spurs, haven't they? And I, okay been hammered in some of those games. So that was Bielsa though. It was high risk football. And then Jesse Marsh has come in. They don't play the same way. It's still high energy, but then almost all modern coaches want high energy, don't they? So it's not, they're not playing that one-on-one marking, huge gamble football that was so entertaining uh, under Bielsa. Uh, the game against Palace of the day. I I, I work on a, a, a Premier League roundup for, for Sky, and we had everything ready, and that was the last game of the weekend. We had fifteen seconds left; otherwise, we need to re-edit it. Uh, and honestly, we were we were struggling to fill the fifteen seconds uh, with, with that game. It was so they will try and make it difficult, as as you would expect for City. Um, so I don't think we'll see a repeat of the seven 0 There have been weird games between these two in recent times, haven't they? Because there was the one one that Pep loved against Bielsa, is you know one of his mentors, um, and Leeds actually beat City as well last season. So they have had success, and then it was a real sign that Leeds were were beginning to fade under Bielsa. That they then hugely gambled against them this season and lost seven 0 So it, that that won't happen again. Uh, Jesse Marsh isn't that kind of coach. Um, I still think City should be too strong. I think they. I think they. The, the reason City might just win the league in the end is that they can rotate more seamlessly, I think, than Liverpool, perhaps, is, is is the difference. They've got this 100 million quid guy who they might be able to bring off the bench and, you know, give give a bit of uh, Premier League minutes to, for example. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm saying City to win this. It's not very really generous, 1.32, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think they'll be able to rotate and win this game. Question for you both, Dave, John. Now, we know Leeds spent a huge
2: amount of time outside the Premier League, but the last time they beat Manchester City at home was in 2004. Elka scored for City, McPhail scored for Leeds, but who scored the winning goal that day for Leeds United 2004? Last time Leeds beat Man City at home in the league, who got the winner for Leeds United 2004? One guess each, come on. 2004...
0: Testing,
1: aren't you? Um, My guess in all of these is always Michael Bridges. He goes down as one of Leeds' greatest strikers in the Premier League. Yeah. It's not Michael Bridges.
2: <laughs> um, Robbie Keane. I think Leeds fans might argue this fellow was
0: more influential.
2: Maybe I'm wrong in saying this. Verduka? Viduca, yeah, am oh, I right? Yeah. Viduca got the winner. Am I right in thinking Veduka was 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 one of Leeds's top strikers, or all the wrong with that one? No, he was. I
0: oh, yeah. uh, well, I I saw a lot of Veduka at uh, Middlesbrough as well. Yeah, um, me too. And he he was a funny old player because there were there were days at which you were thinking. Hey, wake up! And he was—he was a big man, wasn't he? I remember shaking his hands. when I first met him, and he it was like a bare hand. Mine disappeared into his. So when he wasn't fully fit, he was—he looked a bit lumbering. But at, at his peak, he was, he was unbelievable. It was unplayable, wasn't he? When he was when he was fit and strong.
1: He had a run at Middlesbrough. Where he his first yeah. goal scorer, absolutely nailed on every week. He would just yeah, constantly yeah. score for them. He was, and, and of course he scored that four goals against Liverpool in that uh, famous lunchtime game at Allen Road. Uh, which is Liverpool should have won, but somehow they faced the immovable force that was Mark Video. Don't, Don't
2: remind me. So I'd love to go for a Leeds goal scorer, um, Dave, but I'm gonna ask you to look at the hundred million pound man. And his uh, last Premier League goal was against Leeds United. He's played nine in the Premier League since. He's only got two in the Premier League for City. So I'm thinking maybe Grealish might enjoy playing against Leeds. He didn't start the game against Real Madrid. He started the last Premier League game against Watford. I think he'll start this game. He'll be one of those changes. And maybe uh, Grealish will get himself a goal.
1: Lots of previous with Grealish and Leeds as well, obviously from the Championship uh, when he was with Aston Villa. Uh, 3.5 any time, 8.5 first goal. Um, And he's he's one of those players, I know you mentioned him this week, he has been mentioned throughout the week as having, oh, he's not been involved, he's not been involved. And it's, it's building up to something, isn't it? You just feel that there's, oh, here's Jack Grealish, he's going to play, but... We shall see. That is uh, uh, Leeds at home to Manchester City. Oh, are we realistically saying it's going to be a comfortable City victory, Neil? No, no, absolutely. No. Not. Those leads <laughs> keep
2: Leeds in the game. Um, I think City will will maybe a two one something like that sort of nick it. So o- over two and a half um, goals, but Leeds leads to give City a
1: game. Well, City in under three and a half is two point two eight. So you actually you've not got a bad price there. It's about the same as over over three and a half is two point four five. Uh, John, are you more more on the city side that they're going to steamroller them again?
0: No, I mean I, I take Neil's point that you know it, I'm not saying it'll be easy. I'm just saying that they will be able to sort of grind it through. Maybe have a pick pick of a goal scorer and, and go with there if you know you know if you if you want to boost up your your price a little bit. Um, city and under at two point I don't know, yeah because they are capable of banging a couple of early goals in against a team, aren't they? I know they generally then match manage through a game, don't they? We, we miss, I think, there's a, I think we do miss in the media that um, City are a little bit more savvy stroke cynical than we give them credit for. I think we're still looking at this sort of, you know, this beautiful football team. But as we've seen in the obviously crazy game in midweek, but certainly against Atletico Madrid, they were cynical in that game. And they wasted time when they needed to waste time. They foul high up the pitch because they not, you don't get a yellow card if they foul high up the pitch. He's definitely, you know, he's not playing the beautiful game these days, Pep. It's definitely about winning winning matches. So I can see them maybe being two up and then coasting a little bit because they've got Real Madrid to come.
1: Uh, fans of stories and narratives around Jack Grealish might just suggest that actually the the story in the narrative, Neil, might be with Joe Gellott, the... Uh, Liverpool fan who plays up front for Leeds occasionally. He's 4.5 any time. At Liverpool, at Liverpool, 11 first goals on my mind. 11 first goal, 11 last goal, if you like. A Joe Gillard winner at Ellen Road for Leeds versus Manchester City. I think we can all see that happening, can't we, Neil?
2: Yes, I will be singing his name if he is to forget <laughs> anything. And and stop City getting maximum points. But of course, this comes after Liverpool's games. I'm hoping Liverpool have got the win in the bag already um, prior to this game, just to try and put a bit more pressure on City uh, uh, ahead of this game.
1: Okay, that is uh, Leeds United versus Manchester City, which completes our Saturday uh, lineup in the Premier League. We will look to Sunday's games next. This is the Sportsbet.io Premier League Preview Podcast. I'm David Eason with you once again looking through uh, Sunday's games now in the Premier League. I've got the former Liverpool striker Neil Mellor with me and commentator John Driscoll to go through uh, the games that are on Sunday and on Monday as well. There is Manchester United against Brentford to come. Uh, But we shall start at, uh, shall we start at Goodison Park? I think that's possibly the place to be. Uh, Everton versus Chelsea. Everton 4.5, Chelsea 1.81, the draw is 3.6, over 2.5 goals 1.96, under 2.5, 1.83. I'll start with Neil on this one, Neil Mellor. Everton, they're targeting this and possibly targeting Chelsea's hotels overnight, if I've seen uh, Twitter, um, as to how they're going to do this. I think they've decided that they they need to disrupt Chelsea as much as possible. Uh, They tried to disrupt Liverpool at Anfield last week, did okay but still came away without anything bar yeah. 17% possession.
2: Yeah, quite sad, isn't it? You know, to see the position Everton are in, the fact that they have to try these antics. Um, they're not good enough on the pitch to 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 win games. And and so they're having to do all these sort of horrible tactics, almost like Atletico Madrid. To, to watch them at Anfield last week, and I was genuinely thinking I want them to stay up before that game, was like, this is anti-football. This is not What you want to see now? I've seen teams struggling at the bottom of the table come to Anfield, be organised, be compact, frustrate the crowd, which is fine. We're trying to get players sent off, which is something that I didn't enjoy seeing. Whether Everton continue that, they may well do against Chelsea. Um, Maybe it's different at home; they've got their own supporters there, and they've done all right in the last couple of home games. Um, But Chelsea should be far too good. for Everton, whatever tactics Everton try, which obviously they probably will do again. Um, don't enjoy watching Everton after that one last weekend.
1: John, uh, we've spoken about anti-football this week and the likes of Atletico Madrid and, and Villarreal, but Everton really didn't offer anything. I'm mean, Actually, no, tell a lie. They did offer something on the break. They offered Anthony Gordon on the break, but nothing more than that other than trying, trying to time waste and, and trying to get something out of the game with... I'm going to say them, the dark arts, but they didn't seem very good at the dark arts.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, if you don't, you know, you've got to practice them, haven't you? You can't, you can't just suddenly switch on to the dark arts, can you? And, and then, you know, and, and then fool everybody and catch everybody out. Um, having said that, on one of those, Richardson was did actually turn his ankle. The one where Jamie Carragher got most uh, angry and and brought the wrath of Twitter down on it on on his on his own head. Um, uh, I mean, like that, isn't he? He's, he's a. It looked like he got injured by a step over, though. For, I mean, you know, <laughs> we've all been there. Um, yeah, step overs are now an aggressive act, aren't they? In modern <laughs> refereeing, aren't they? because you you might you know you might, you might do a terrible thing and put your foot down on another player's foot. Um, they've got they've got some winnable games. Everton, haven't they their, their games are not bad, uh, particularly you know a couple of home games. So. There are nothing scored, aren't they? Everton. That that's the the, the nub of the problem with them, isn't it? So they you look at them and you think: so are they designed to be defensive and anti-football and, and scrap games out, get points? No, not really. So therefore, are they? If they go on the front foot, would you would you say, oh, so go for it, go on, because you've got good? Play- no, you haven't got good players. So that's that's the nub of it, isn't it? Is they've they've had no proper recruitment policy, it would seem. Uh, in the whole Mashiri era, it would seem that they just, I don't know, grab players, get offered them by agents or something. You know, I I'm, 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 I'm guess there must be a plan. I guess that, you know, that, but whatever it is, it's not obvious to, you know, to the casual observer as to how they're recruiting their team, how they're building their squad Everton, uh, and That's why, you know, a big club, and it's a big club, uh, is, is in genuine danger of going down. Um, I thought it was a slightly odd appointment, Frank Lampard. If, I, if I'm honest, if you looked at the season, and you said, so from, you know, two thirds of the season that have one manager and a third of the season that have the other, you'd say you'd go for the the younger manager with a philosophy and a game plan for the first part, sack him and replace him with someone like Rafa Benitez, who's just going to scrap out results for the last part of it and stay up. So in a sense, they've even gone the wrong way around there. They'd be better off playing that way under Rafa Benitez because he at least knows how to organise a team defensively. They just hated him because it was boring football, as far as I could see, again from the outside. Um, So, you know, as as for this particular game, I mean, Chelsea aren't inspirational, are they? You know, they're nothing like what we were hoping for from... You know, when they became European champions, the, the improvement after Lampard left, funnily enough, um, under Tuchel was 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 clear and obvious. But it just hasn't carried on, and it hasn't carried on largely because they put so many eggs in the the Lukaku basket, and he just he just looks a million miles away from a 97 million pound striker. Um, you and I have, have uh, had words about Timo Werner many times before, Dave, where I'm usually my words on Timo Werner, I put your money back in your pocket before you think of putting your money anywhere near Timo Werner. But he's playing regularly, isn't he? And, it, you know, he is one of their inverted commas goal threats in that he might shank one and it d- deflects off three players and end up in the back of the net. It was a boring game against Man United the other day, wasn't it? You know, again, Gary Neville was commentating and I was, you know, I was worried for Gary Neville because he's a state of d- despair. But, Chelsea were contributing to it being rubbish and they're quite boring so I guess I'm saying I'm definitely going low goals I guess on this one then because it's just you know it's and it's not you're not sort of thinking oh yeah let me watch this one this will be fun it's a million miles from that
1: The atmosphere might make it fun Neil mm-hmm. um, as to whether Chelsea go and, and think actually I'm not really up for this there's, there's other, other things to do they've got, they've got a cup final in a few weeks but they've got players who are already talking about well, they're off they're going Rudiger's decided he's away, and there's there's several more going to leave leave that defence. Um, the the question for Chelsea fans is probably whether they're, they're and Chelsea players is whether they're bothered to be part yeah. of this, and 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 Everton might put up a a wall of noise and a bit of fight, and it might just knock them over. Yeah, well, certainly an unsettled place, isn't it, Chelsea, at the moment? You know, what's going on with the ownership, which players are going to
2: be staying. Um, and it's all going to go down to that FA Cup final for them in terms of this, the season. Um, they've lost the League Cup already final to Liverpool. They're going to be in the top four. I, th- I think we can all agree on that. And their results may be inconsistent between now and the end of the season. They were the better team against United, should have won the game, didn't, won one. I don't think they have that ruthlessness about them. You know, they're almost like playing within themselves. And I, I, I think they'll certainly raise the game in the FA Cup final. But it could be another one of those performances against Everton where you're thinking, there's more to come from this Chelsea side. Will we actually see it in that performance or not? But Everton crowd will be right behind the, the team. They will make it a horrible atmosphere for Chelsea. And, um, and I'm looking at Chelsea thinking, I don't think they'll lose the game. But they could well end up drawing... Another game. I I just look at Everton and I'm thinking, where are your wins coming from? I know they got a win against United and Newcastle at home, but I just don't see them winning this game at all. I quite like Lukaku for this one. I know we're saying that he's not had a good season. And I keep saying to you every week, Dave, he's going to get himself a goal. Ten Premier League games without scoring. He has not scored in the Premier League in 2022. Going back to his old stomping ground where he got a few, for Everton. I don't think he'd be welcomed, um, but I think he, he may get himself on the score
1: sheet. 2.71 anytime, he's 5.66 first goal. Um slightly shorter for Kai Havertz, 2.62 and 5.5 first goal. Mason Mount uh seems to always play well against Everton. If I'm just that might just be in my head. Three point one anytime, first goal, six point five for Timo Werner to get the first goal and three point one anytime himself. Um there are always goal scorers. You suggest in the Chelsea side, they don't necessarily always score. That is that is their their problem. But away from home, they have been really quite good. And and let's say Everton's Everton's home form isn't bad either. Really, you know they've they've got themselves two wins over United and uh, Newcastle United and uh, a draw at home against Leicester. Late goals against Newcastle and Leicester uh, held out against Manchester United. Uh, Chelsea's away form in the league it's still pretty dominant isn't it i mean they went to southampton 1-0 1-3-1 at norwich 4-0 at burnley 1-0 at palace the one all against manchester united any normal season that's not a bad run of away form but they they just don't seem particularly well it, it's 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 basically what are they what are they fighting for in the, in these last few weeks and and john do you, do you think do you think they they edge it or even just take it away from everton
0: um there's or
1: is there something for Yeah, there,
0: no, there's a case for Everton, as Neil says. You, you know, if, if they if they get at them, if, if they go on the front foot, if they get the crowd up, you know, they, they play with a bit of verve and a bit of energy, then there's something in it. I'm not saying it's a, a shoe in at all for, for Chelsea. I guess, you, you know, there's a scenario where it's a good game, but I think if, if there's money at stake, I'm tempted to say, perhaps go low goals on this one, um, just because when you when you give me that list of goal scorers, Havertz is not a bad form, Mount's a good player from midfield. I don't know, none of the goal scorers excite me when you when you give me a list of prices for goal scorers, which is probably a sign that you should therefore be thinking about saying there's not gonna be a lot in the game.
1: Okay, one point nine six if you think Everton have got something out of this. That's the double chance mark. So you might just be able to almost double your money on that one. One point nine six uh for Everton on the double chance. That's Everton against Chelsea, uh, one of the two o'clocks in the Premier League on Sunday we'll look at the other game in the Premier League at two o'clock. That is Tottenham versus Leicester. Tottenham one point five. The draw is four point five. Leicester are at six um, over two and a half goals. And this is 1.58. If you think Tottenham can somehow start scoring again because they've they've just stopped once again. Uh, under two and a half is two point four. Uh, Leicester, John. Do you think they're just thinking about the the reverse fixture? in midweek and that's all they've got to play for in the league and did they just go and make a lot of changes at Tottenham and Tottenham pick them off?
0: Uh, yes. <laughs> is that, is that that's the end of the summary it, for yeah. that game? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, they're obviously going, yeah, obviously that Roma game is is critical for them. It's in the balance, isn't it? So um, they are capable of winning away. They've got a lot of options that are Similar, I mean, obviously Van has been a wonderful player for them. He played an hour against Roma, and then was replaced by Iheanacho. Uh Daka didn't play at all, so maybe he would. You, you sort of almost do the mirror image and put him in for this game. Madison played the ninety, so I'm wondering whether he won't play. So I would say it is very much that Leicester will be putting their eggs in the the, the Conference League basket, which is not something that we've said many times in the history of football, is it? But I forgive them if I was a Leicester fan, what can they do in the league? They can't get into the European positions. So, okay. So the league positions are worth over a million quid each, but it's not my money. So I'd rather they went and won the European competition, which they are capable of doing and then give Spurs the challenge. So Spurs are best when teams come at them, aren't they? And they leave gaps and you can counter-attack on them. They're a little bit of a one trick pony in that respect, aren't they? In that if you leave gaps, they're brilliant at exploiting them. If you don't, they, they ran out of ideas, and they ran out of ideas against Brighton and against Brentford. Ridiculously, they were lucky against Brentford, hit the, hit the goal frame twice, um, beaten fair and square against Brighton. And it was such a change, wasn't it, from the discussions we were having a couple of weeks ago, where they were the most free-scoring team in the Premier League, everyone loading up on, on Spurs goals and sticking Spurs players in their fantasy league teams and all of that. And then suddenly, just I think they just came up against a couple of coaches who read them, who, who knew what they they were going to do. I, you know, normally I'd say Brendan Rodgers would have a chance of doing that in the circumstances. Though I I think one team wants this so much more than the other, and that, you know, pushes me towards saying Spurs.
1: Yes, we're back in that race for the top four, aren't we, Neil? And it's uh, Tottenham that they have to win this, don't they? They really have to.
0: Yeah, good time
2: for them to play Leicester uh, in between those games against Roma. Um, two points behind Arsenal, knowing that they played before Arsenal, so they can go into the top four before their, their game, um, which is an incentive. Not scored in the last two games, but surprised at that. Um, as John was they're not found the answers needed. I think they will find the answers. Leicester have been terrible away from home in the Premier League. One win in eleven, and that was at Burnley. So uh, I don't think Leicester will go there and win. Lots of changes because that is the massive game against Roma away uh, following Thursday, Spurs to react and Harry Kane five games without scoring. Harry Kane thirty three for club and country this season. So uh, Harry Kane to score, Spurs to win, and hopefully Leicester to beat Roma in the second leg.
1: Harry Kane, it was his uh, club he can, could have joined on the bench for that, that playoff final. Uh, 1.83 anytime you play for Leicester. Uh, four uh, first goal, four last goal, same price for Son Heung-min. Uh, if you fancy Harry Kane in this, he is 4.1 to get a couple of goals. Um, mentioned Jamie Vardy there, he's 3.14 any time, 7.5 first goal. That's a, we just think that's a reasonably simple Tottenham victory against Leicester. The uh, four o'clock... 4:30 uh, in the uh, in the Premier League is West Ham versus Arsenal. West Ham, who will be they have a not a mountain to climb, but they do have to make up uh, something against uh, Andrak Frankfurt in the Europa League in midweek. Um, it could have been so different if that uh, Jared Bowen overhead kick had uh, not rattled off the crossbar in added time. Uh, West Ham 4.5 uh, to win against Arsenal, who similarly to Tottenham need to win this in the race for top four uh, the draw. Is 3.8, Arsenal 1.8. Is that as nailed on, Neil Mello that Arsenal go to what will be a depleted, tired? Uh, I think they threw everything into that game. It was, it was mentally exhausting watching West Ham try and uh, play Andrak Frankfurt on Thursday. Um, will there just be too much again for, Ar- for West Ham against Arsenal? Yeah,
2: disappointing for West
1: Ham. Uh, we know what the Europa League means to them this season.
2: Uh, got it all to do in that second leg. Well, we actually said last and when, when West Ham went to Chelsea, could be a good time for Chelsea to play them all. West Ham did really well to withstand that Chelsea performance, only a 90th minute goal, which was the difference between the two teams. Dawson, of course, getting sent off in that game, which was a blow for West Ham. Um, you would usually say good time to play West Ham. But West Ham will look to frustrate Arsenal. I can see this one being a low-scoring game, and then it's a case of will Arsenal have enough to get that victory? Done very well in the last two games, beating Chelsea and Manchester United, of course. Um, so in very good form. I would fancy Arsenal to nick it, but I don't think there'll be many goals in this game, and much between
1: the two teams. John, do you hold out much for for West Ham, and, and what kind of? Ch- a lot of this is based on the team news, isn't it? Which you can hear on Clubhouse Radio, of course. But 4:30. Uh, on Sunday, West Ham. It'll all be about what what team they can they can scrabble together in Germany in midweek, won't it? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but I mean, Eintracht Frankfurt are a weird team, aren't they? Because you know they're ninth in the Bundesliga, and yet they they knocked out Barcelona and against West Ham they look like world beaters. They're very good away from home, not so good at home. So West Ham are very much still in that, given that they you know they they beat Leon by three goals to nil. So again, like Leicester. Perfectly understandable that West Ham would go there. West Ham have blown a chance of the top four, haven't they? It sort of, it sort of sneaked under under the radar, um, because you know we keep, we keep looking at understandably at Arsenal's bad run that they were on. Spurs blowing it the last couple of games. Manchester United blowing it over a, a month or so. West Ham could have had fourth and could have been the Champions League team, but they, 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 their their recent form has ruined that. Uh, no prem, winning three, uh, one winning six in all competitions was the Leon game. Um, all of that said, that low that price is low, isn't it, for Arsenal? Um, 1.8 in the circumstances away from home against a team that is ultimately solid. I mean, West Ham's problem is that they they probably should have, if, if it was possible, brought in another player to play in Antonio. Antonio is, he carries a lot of the burden, doesn't he? He acts as a, as a good target man, but he doesn't score many goals. It doesn't look like he's going to score many goals at all, does he, anymore? Um, Arsenal are not exactly um, full of reliable players. It'd be interesting to see where the Saka plays. I think he's, I think he's been their best player this season, but he, he limped off in the last game, didn't he? So there's a doubt over that. If if there is such a thing as a, a, a not playing in European dividend, Arsenal should should win this game, shouldn't they? Because you look around, the other teams have all played in Europe. Obviously, Spurs uh, <laughs> bowed out very early in it, but you know they've, they've had fewer games than West Ham by a considerable distance which I guess is what's that reflected in the price but 3.8 for the draw or for a low scoring game, West Ham are perfectly capable of doing that against Arsenal so it's it's, it's attempt at that.
1: Arsenal have had two uh, nice victories away at Chelsea of course and home to Manchester United last week it wasn't without peril in either of those 2-4 uh, and 3-1 um, Neil do you think West Ham can grab themselves a can can they get a point or even more in this?
2: Yeah, absolutely. They've actually
1: scored in all the Premier League home games this season,
2: um, despite perhaps an over reliance at times on Antonio. Although he's not been in great scoring form, has he? I think Bowen's had a, maybe a better season than him. Whether either playing the game, probably not, with that big game around the corner. So you're looking at players like maybe a Ben Rama, maybe a Yarmolenko to, to be possible goal scorers for West Ham. I, I think it'll be a, a tough game for Arsenal. The home fans will, will get behind uh, West Ham and. I'm swaying towards under 2.5, but definitely. But whether Arsenal can nick it or whether it's going to be a draw, I don't think West Ham will win it. Um, under 2.5 is a, is a safer bet for me.
1: Okay, Arsenal and under two and a half is 4.2. The under 2.5 is 1.96, and so not a bad price uh, on that one. Uh, the traders think there might well be goals in this. Uh, John, quick thought: what do you what do you think is going
0: to be? Uh, so the draw. I th- yeah, I might just go to the draw. Three point eight is the price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not very inventive,
1: but yeah, might do it. Okay, that's West Ham versus Arsenal at four thirty on Sunday afternoon, bringing Sunday to a close. Uh, we will look at Monday's final game of the weekend next. Monday evening in the Premier League, it's Manchester United versus Brentford, uh, and the price here, which at the start of the season you might well. Who knows? This, well, anyone remember the start of the season? Uh, Manchester United, 1.76. Brentford, 4.5, only 4.5 to win at Old Trafford. 3.8 the draw. Uh, over 2.5 goals is 1.73. Under 2.5 is 2.08. Um, Neil Mellor, will Manchester United like to be facing Brentford on Monday night. I know they'd rather be playing elsewhere. Uh, they might not be playing rather be playing at all. Uh, consider the way that some of their players are playing. One point seven 1.76 at home against Brentford. They should do it, but again as we mentioned in Manchester there's always a big sigh when you when you when you mention the name Manchester United. It's it's, it's just it's possible Brentford could go there and get everything.
2: Yeah, it's not a happy place at the moment. Um, it's a changing place at the moment with a new manager coming in, but not yet there yet. Um, it just looks to me like Manchester United want the season to finish. It's been a very, very disappointing season for them. Talk about players leaving, talk about trying to get players in. Can they still attract the same quality of player? I'm not so sure they can. Um, got away with it against Chelsea last time out at home and looking at the home record... Not as bad. The problem is they just don't win enough games. They've, they've lost one in 12 at home and that was to Wolves. Um, they're, they're now at eight unbeaten, which you would say is a tough place to go to. And Brentford will fancy the chances to go there and play. I think they've played with a lot more freedom since they know they're going to be staying up. They're on a good little run. I think with Eriksen, we've all enjoyed that story. And he's a player who can definitely create chances against his Manchester United defence. And then I'm just looking, will Tony take one of those chances? I think he's had a really good first season in the Premier League. I've got him down as uh, 14 goals in all competitions. So I'd be looking at Tony to get himself a a goal, if you are looking at a goal scorer for Brentford. I don't think United will lose the game. Um, But again, I don't think it'd be a great game to watch with the way United have been playing.
1: Uh, Tony comes in at a price of 2.9. Uh, Ronaldo is 2 any time, which is coming in, but it's still a decent price for a player of the calibre, of Cristiano Ronaldo, who is scoring goals regularly now, uh, and he's going to come out of this season. Possibly the way that we looked at it when they signed Ronaldo, John, which was he's going to come in, he'll score over 20 goals, and United won't do anything.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they're considerably worse than they were last season, aren't they? It's, it's an interesting one to 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 categorise as to whether he's been a success or not. It's not the kind of thing you can do on social media because obviously there's a a million people will jump on you if you if you say that Cristiano Ronaldo hasn't played very well. Uh, I mean, he's not a bad option if you're betting, is he? Because he's so single-minded and he scores almost all of United's goals at the moment, doesn't he? So, you know, uh, you know Ronaldo, even multiple goals for Ronaldo might be a, a possibility. I think it's a bit, um, it's a bit ungenerous, isn't it, the away price on on Brentford? Because you, know, you know, it might have just been there to sort of tempt you in. They will, you know, the, the idea that we're looking at this and and you know, genuinely weighing up whether Brentford are going to go to Old Trafford and, and win the game uh shows you how far they've come, what a good job that they've done, and the you have the shambles of Manchester United, the, the, the well-documented shambles of, of Manchester United that um um Eric Ten Hag must be looking at the games. The one consolation, he'll be looking at it thinking, I'm not sure how much worse I can make it, but <laughs> um but there's a it's an awful lot of work to do, isn't it? You know, players who they signed who you thought were good. And then they go there and, and you think, what? What? what and you think, how did we ever think he was good? Juan Mata would be a classic one wouldn't it where he was a, he was like one of the best players in the Premier League when he went to Manchester United a long time ago at him, think, he's yeah, still there yeah precisely and you look at him you think right, when, was he ever good again if you ask young you know, if you ask kids whether Juan Mata there's some blokes who hang around Manchester United whereas what, what seven years ago I'm, I'm guessing you say, oh yeah yeah one of the world's best players matter and that's 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 what United do isn't it it's, you know it's what the, the club has done and so far um, Ronaldo has been the only one really who has has managed to to resist that. Be interesting to see who takes a penalty, wouldn't it? After Bruno's hop skip and miss, um, so whether Cristiano will pull rank and win them, you know, get a back. Bruno hasn't scored, um, hasn't scored for a Premier League goal I think since February from, a, again, a player who, you know, for the first spell of his Manchester United career, you think, what a player he was, you know, what a, what a good contributor he was in terms of assists and goals and the penalties that he was scoring and all of that. So a reliable place to, you know, to to put your chips, if you like. But Ronaldo's the only one I've got now for United. Um, I might go, you know, it's, maybe it's the kind of game they win with not that much on it, beating Brentford. And it's, and it's, it's the kind of one they win and then they... The Gary Neville's and Robbie Keane's of the world say, "Ah, well, it's only Brentford, and throw their pen down angrily on the on the on the table."
1: Uh, just, I mean, you mentioned Bruno Fernandez. Nearly's been looking to get sent off and finish off his season pretty quickly for the last couple of games, hasn't he? Been, <laughs> he, he looks a quite a, a frustrated figure. Manchester United sending off is eight. Well, oh, there you go. I, I'd probably be more tempted for a Man United penalty than, than a sending off, you know, at Old Trafford. Uh,
2: they've lacked intensity, and the players have looked like. Where's the guidance? Where's the leadership? And you're looking at that saying, well, if you're going to appoint an interim manager at Manchester United, then they're getting what they deserve at the moment. And, the sooner the new manager can come in, that's when I think we'll start to see the improvement. And again, between now and the end of the season, we will not see United that we know of old. So there could be draws, there could be defeats, they could even nick games. I'm not expecting it to be a spectacular end of the season. Ronaldo will keep going and he could get close to that 20 goal barrier, which would be a good return for him. But yeah, Fernandes has not done it this season. He needs the managers to come in and say, I, I want you, I want you to be my main man. And then he can get going again. Even at the, main, the manager may come in and say, I don't want you, of course. But there's no intensity about the performances at Old Trafford at the moment. So, um, yeah, I think Brentford can go there and enjoy playing there. But I don't think they'll win. I think this will be both teams to score and I'd be swaying towards um,
1: a home winner or a draw. OK, Manchester United scored penalties, 4.5. Penalty in the game is 2.6. United to miss a penalty again is fifteen. Uh, the both teams to score is reasonably short, actually about one point seven one. Uh, but if you think um, United and both teams to score, I quite fancy Brentford to get to get a goal in this. United and yes is three point three three. The score draw is four point seven five. John, your final thoughts?
0: Uh, I'm, I want. I think I'm going to go Cristiano to. To bag a goal or two on this one, and uh, I, th- I think United will win it. I think goals. So, uh, the I mean, the over prize wasn't wasn't brilliant, was it? Both to score. Cristiano, gonna some kind of combination of that. Cristiano to get two. Uh, that's five. Five, uh, yeah. Uh, Cristiano Maybe that one. Yeah.
1: in a let's say you can have in a in a United victory is two point six two. That's anytime goal scorer. First goal score scorer in a United victory five point six six. Uh, and let's see if you, oh you you're not uh, you're not give me anything else on that no i'll, I'll other people can dig, dig out that if you want to find <laughs> those I'll,
0: but, I'll go Cristiano and United to win
1: there you go that's uh, that's Manchester United versus Brentford uh it should be a well might be a pleasant evening Monday evening at uh, at old Trafford uh watching uh, Manchester United versus Brentford while they think about the other two sides playing on Tuesday and Wednesday in the Champions League that's Manchester United versus Brentford the eighth kick kickoff on Monday evening. And that brings to an end this Premier League preview podcast. My thanks to Neil Mellor and to John Driscoll for joining me on this. We will be back for uh, more Premier League football. There is still just a few more weeks left uh, in this Premier League campaign. And uh, don't forget, uh, we will be with you for every single second of every single Premier League and Champions League match that's left in the season on Clubhouse Radio. Uh, This is a Sports Betting Media production. And please always gamble responsibly. BeGambleAware.org that's a website for more information and uh, have a happy betting weekend we will see you next week
0: Clubhouse Premier League betting previews with SportsBet.io previewing every game of the English Premier League listen to Clubhouse Radio with SportsBet.io for all the best bets as the games are being played Please gamble responsibly.